Cool. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Welcome. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome. The eight to of the you, podcast. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we have finally have Cassie joining the podcast. Hello. Um, BT Dubs. This is Texas 1031. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, A yeah. podcast about true crime in Yes, this is the My Favorite Murder Ripoff podcast. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. But, but Texas possibly. is so different. Yes. But not. No. Yes. It, it's worse. Well. <laughs> Way worse. It's the South. Don't come Well, down. well, well. Um, so, yeah. First episode, Cassie and Hannah are here together. Should be fun. Yeah. Um, don't forget, follow us on Instagram, Texas1031 podcast. All spelled out. No dashes, no spaces, no capitalizations. I'm going to start making that rhyme a little bit better. I like it. It it rhymes enough. Yeah. Also, no numbers, because I listened to Hannah say that exact thing. Obviously, didn't listen. Still typed in numbers. (laughs) Yep. So, don't use numbers, friends. Um, Yeah, no. It's okay. Maybe I'll change it. No, no, no. If you get enough people pissed off about it. I just need to listen better. If you get pissed off about numbers, then you're probably a murderer, and maybe you'll be on the show later. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Um, Also, email us at the same address... If you want to email us about stuff. Yeah. Tell us that we screwed up or tell us that you want us to do something. Yeah. Or if you have a good one. Compliment us. Yeah. yeah. We love compliments. We're white girls. We love we yeah. love we love the compliments for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> okay, we're gonna do rock, paper, scissors, uh, to decide who's gonna go first. So what are we best out of three? Is that how you yeah. do it? Or? And do you rock, paper, scissors shoot? Yeah, well, rock, okay. paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What is shoot? Like, I don't know. I just, it's shoot. a thing that everyone okay. says. All right. All right. One. One. <laughs> 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 Numbers, man. Oh, oh sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> okay. I'll let you talk. Okay, I'm sorry. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Great. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. One Hannah. All right. This is going to take forever. Okay, so I think I said on the last episode, if anybody was listening, not really, uh, I had mentioned that I wanted to talk about uh, a woman who killed a lot of people, which was Diana Lombrera, but I'm actually not going to talk about her. Hmm. Um, do you know who that is? No, and I was actually really... I, I, okay. I feel empowered by women killing people, and I shouldn't Yeah, no, all. she was a piece of shit. So, oh, okay. Like, minor, like, spoiler, I guess. She killed, like, all of her kids. <gasps> oh, no, no. But I, I won't tell you how. I hate her. Yeah. Okay. And this was similar to Andrea Yates. I, like, yeah. actually, I remember that case happening, like, mm-hmm. back in the day. Which, I forgot that she was from. Yeah. I, had, I don't even and, think I knew that she was from Texas, actually. I just thought, remember yeah. hearing it on the news. Yeah. But it was like a big deal because she was like demonic and blah blah yeah, blah. No, you're whatever. not. You're yeah. just a murderer. <laughs> hey, oh, you're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not gonna do Diana Lombrera. I feel like I keep looking at the microphone. Like oh, it's I'm a looking camera. right into it. Yeah, right, cool. and I keep fixing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> do I look okay, camera? <laughs> All right, let me just like move my computer and oh, it's like I don't know. Whatever. I'm just gonna like keep looking at you, man. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, but anyway, I decided at the last second I was gonna do a case that I like just really couldn't pass up. Um, I went on Murderpedia, and uh, if anybody has ever been on Murderpedia, it literally just lists out every single person. I think you can maybe type in a city, state, murder weapon. I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. I don't think but the it, Google search bar. I think it's an no. ad. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think that's not really <laughs> I tried. It's I was taking it. Yeah. <laughs> but it like, pretty much lists everybody who's committed anything, I think at least one notable crime, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
and I would like scroll a page, click on a name, see if it was interesting, go to the next one. And I found a, I won't tell you the name of the guy, but I found a murder about a dude who killed a couple other dudes. So mm, yeah. Interesting. Um, I will put this out there now of where I found my information because I don't want to, I guess, I don't know. Sometimes I think that's annoying when they like don't mention who they got their shit from. Yeah, let me just open my computer real quick. I mean, you don't, have, <laughs> you don't have to, but I always, I don't want people I I to be like, did you just make this up? And I'm like, well, I didn't because I got from here. They made it up if it's not true. So, and that'll actually help because if people decide they want to go look it up and they're like, hey, you made a really yeah. vital error, that's true. Because, I mean, we're slandering. Is slander or libel? Is libel over? Didn't know libel. <laughs> I think libel is like via type of words. Oh, wow. Yeah, like papers and, and shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, I mean, they're One of murderers, those. but they're also victims and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Good like, point. yeah. Yeah, you want to do the right thing, have mm-hmm. the correct information. So yeah. um, the information I, like I found was from a Houston Chronicle article by Alan Turner, mm. um, a death penalty news article, and I guess I can, I will figure out a way to put this in the show notes. <laughs> How everyone says that. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> you have to. Okay. Uh, the next thing that I found out about uh, the information from is the Texas Obituary Project article. Um, and it had a link to an article from the Huntsville Item, is what it's called. And I'm going to butcher this guy's name. It's by Michael Grasick. It's probably not right. There's a Z and a Y and a K and mm, something like that. So That's unnecessary. <clears throat> I cough a lot. Did I've you come need to water? find out. I have, have I have she water. has water today, y'all. Okay, uh, I will just go ahead and get right into it I'm in excited. just one second. Okie dokie. So, the start of the murder. Forrest Henderson and Richard, now I can't say this guy's last name, Rotenberry. Hmm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it because my Word document says it's not spelled right. I don't know what other alternative they have to offer for me. But R, or excuse me, W-R-O-T-N-B-E-R-Y. Rotenberry? Rottenberry? Rotenberry? That's weird. Yeah, it's different. Rotenberry sounds Rotenberry, right to me. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, to let you guys know, this is in Houston. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is your murder from Houston this mm-hmm. week? Okay, cool. Yeah, it just happened to me. I wasn't okay. looking for one, but... That's really fine. Yeah. I promise you guys, I actually do have a piece of paper, side note again that has a bunch of different cities in Texas written down. So I'm, I think I've already said this before. I won't just stay in Houston. I will branch out. But this one was good. So, so I'm never leaving Houston. No, I hope I do. Anyway. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so Forrest and Richard, they were both members of the Houston Grand Opera Chorus. Um, a report says that Richard was actually house-sitting for Forrest while he was out of town. And he was said to be, or excuse me, Forrest was said to be out of the country. He was there for a musical engagement type thing for the opera of some kind. And uh, when he finally got home, Richard had actually decided to stay with Forrest due to his recent pending divorce. Uh, Richard also had a one-year-old daughter, and he taught at Deer Park Elementary School, which is a little bit more so South Houston, from what I think is correct, right? Mm, yeah, I feel like it's, it's in like the Humble area. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe like southeast or, fuck, Houston's huge. I don't even know. Yeah. Wait, I'm trying to think of the area I work in. So, never. I think it's like maybe north. Did you just even. have to do the north? Okay. Nope. Nope. <laughs> never eat soggy waffles. That's Sour what Cassie worms. Just, oh, what? I thought it was soggy waffles. No, That's, don't ever I, eat those. Don't do any of that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so Deer Park is somewhere 
more south of Houston if anybody wants to go, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Forrest, he, that was Richard, okay? So Forrest was actually uh, believed to be an openly gay man, and um, he kind of did the whole Montrose thing. And to let you guys know, this was in 88 when this happened. So this was late 80s. Um, and Montrose is okay-ish now, uh, but I think probably back in the 80s it was probably super rad. Yeah. Like, maybe not, like, a healthy, like, place no. to go. I feel like a scary time to be right. a gay man, maybe, in, like, violence and also, like, the health epidemic. But, like... So it's the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. I'll, like... But Montrose now is just, like, super cool and fun. Yeah, it's more, like, hipstery, but I just mean, like, it was, like... Such different times. It was, like, uh... The gayberhood, I mm-hmm. guess. I, I'm I a girl. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but still is. I feel yeah, like. relatively. But I mean, I, I think it had a lot more so. gay bars yeah, yeah, back yeah. then. Anyway, I'm sorry. sorry yeah, no, yeah. I took you way off the rails. <laughs> no, <you're good. laughs> uh, but yeah, so it still kind of holds some LGBT history there. But uh, I think it's far from what it used to be. I'll actually like give a little teensy story. So I used to work at a place that is in Montrose, and uh, a guy I used to work with. He said that he had to clean out the refrigerator in this office that I used to work in and before it was where I worked at it was a gay bar it was called like JR's I think and if you go to the place uh it still has like the uh like a cutout in the concrete or what you know what I'm talking about like a imprint or like a Mm -hmm. like a branding kind of thing and uh he said he cleaned out the refrigerator that had been turned off for obviously some amount of time and he said the there was cockroaches in the like the squishy part of your fridge when you shut the doors. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and he said there were used condoms in the freezer and glitter and just like shit everywhere. So basically, the '80s gay scene was in that refrigerator. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone. But oh man. Okay. That's so <laughs> anyways, uh, on the night of the 10th. And I keep forgetting to, like, precedent, like, all this shit. So, this is September, 1988, okay? This happens on the 10th of um, September-ish, kind of the 10th and the 11th. Um, On the night of the 10th and the early morning of the 11th, after their tenor practice, uh, Richard returns home, and Forrest goes out to kind of enjoy his Saturday night uh, in Montrose. Uh, when Richard doesn't show up for his job on Monday, um, he's, like I said, a teacher, his principal or like his administrator, whatever, um, he calls the apartment complex and the uh, complex manager is the one that supposedly arrives at the guy's apartment and finds both Richard and Forrest had been killed. So that's kind of the basis of, or layout, whatever you want to call it. Um, the neighbor, his name is David... Trujillo, 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 I don't know. Trujillo. Sure, yeah, that sounds definitely correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O, which I'd like for you to know his name because I will bring him up later. Trujillo. Trujillo, like tortilla? Yeah, like double L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Houston. Right. Yeah. 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 God, we, we don't get yelled at for yeah. racist stuff. Anyway. Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> um, he lived next door, like I said, to Henderson and uh, Rotenberry. Um, he told police that around 10.30 p.m. on the 10th, he heard music, um, and specifically he heard Forrest's voice through the common wall that kind of separated their apartments. Um, and then he actually went to bed around 2, but he was woken up around 4.45 or 5 o'clock by the sound of Richard screaming, quote, oh my God, no, no, several times. Um, 
And I will comment on this later, but I do find that a little odd that you can discern who's speaking through a wall. But yeah, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, for I'm now. Just, I might even just start writing down my questions. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Sketchy. I'm like a huge yeah. list. So David also heard supposedly what sounded like someone being hit numerous times with a pipe or a baseball bat. Um, and he said that after about 30 minutes of silence, he heard the water run for about 45 more minutes. Um, however, he never heard any doors open or anyone leave the apartment. Now, when it kind of comes to the investigation, some reports say that Richard was found in his room in a pair of swim trunks, while Forrest was actually found in uh, another bedroom and he was just nude, no clothes whatsoever. Um, which would make sense to me, I think, if Forrest was out in Montrose, maybe he picked up this person and, uh, you know, brought him home. So for him to be found naked doesn't really have any red flags to me. Um, yeah. But you never know, whatever. Um, so police said that there was blood smeared on the walls, curtains, doors, pretty much everywhere. Um, and then two possible murder weapons were found at the scene. So both of the victims had been beaten with a metal pipe, which was found in the hallway of the apartment. And they're thinking it could have been potentially connected to maybe one of the men's weight sets, I guess. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. Ooh, those yeah. are heavy. Right, oh, yeah. wow. So I guess one of the, like, the bench pressy type things is what I'm picturing in my head. Um, and then both of the men were also stabbed and cut multiple times. The supposed knife was found in the kitchen sink. And what I believe is that it belonged to the guys and it was, had already been in their home. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was brought there. Um, a friends, blah, 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 forensic pathologist testified, it's a lot of S's, uh, that <laughs> Richard suffered a severed, cur- are you okay? Just- Bubbly. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're drinking sparkling rosé. Not to turn. Uh, never mind. That was a supposed to be birthday. a little positive moment thrown in there. Rosé. Yay! Yay. Murder. Murder. <laughs> uh, so Richard suffered a severed carotid artery. He had cuts to the vertebrae, which that's. I mean, I don't know if it was from the front to the vertebrae or from the back. Either way, that is pretty serious to pretty, me. I think oh. it's pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah. And then at least three blows to the back of the head with a narrow blunt instrument, such as a pipe. And that's, again, what the pathologist said. Now, for Forrest, he is supposedly shown to receive a shallow, non-fatal cut to the neck, um, defensive wounds on both arms, and a six-inch fracture of the skull from blunt force, and multiple stab wounds to the torso. So... That leads me to kind of believe weird scenarios are happening. So since Richard didn't seem to have any defensive wounds on him, um, they had mentioned maybe he had been asleep when he was attacked. Mm. Um, Yeah. But if Forrest had taken this person home, he was awake. So maybe that's why he had defensive wounds. And then if Richard was asleep, he didn't have any. But like I said, I'll get to this later, but I just also want to throw this in now. How can the neighbor say he was hearing Richard talk if he was supposedly asleep? Right. So, again. Also, weird. I want to hit this neighbor. Yeah. Like, I try to hear these yeah. things no. and not... Mm, no, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if he was even attempted to call the police. I, I have no idea. Obviously, it didn't go anywhere. Anyway. He's a dick. Uh, <laughs> he's Sorry. A dick. <laughs> Uh, it was a little odd to me, but um, yeah. they also found fixed lividity. Now, this sounds kind of rude to ask, but you know what lividity is? Mm-mm, I don't, okay. actually. So it's um, the pooling of your blood if you're like laying in a position after you die. So mm-hmm. if you're 
uh, face down, I guess. Um, it depends, I guess. That shows them that's where you were left. That is right. your final place. Yeah. Okay. And if Makes you're sense. moved, then, and you're in a weird position, but your lividity is still kind of showing somewhere, but not in the position that would be natural, clearly kind of shows that you've been moved, basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. But it shows that they were dead for more than eight hours before they were found. Um, uh, mm, neighbor. Okay. I know, I'm right? I'm so sorry. So if no one comes to the apartment until Monday, which, you know, we said the principal, you know, whatever, made the call, they supposedly died on the 10th, yada, yada, yada. Clearly they were dead for a minute. Mm-hmm. This is getting bad. So, okay, so blood samples and 20 identifiable fingerprints were collected from the crime scene, but Houston Police Department, they were unable to develop any leads to a suspect. Uh, to me, I feel like 20 identifiable fingerprints is a lot. That's because yeah. you hear about all kinds of like, oh, they couldn't get any fingerprints and I always get pissed off, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's actually hard to get a full on usable right. fingerprint. You know and, what I mean? and, and people can be convicted and found through one mm-hmm. singular finger, finger, yeah. finger or print. even fingle, fingle, a fingle, print. A fingle, fingle. <laughs> <laughs> or even like a partial or whatever. Yeah, so to have so 20? all that many, but again, this was 88. So I need to do more research on, like, when DNA and, I mean, fingerprint analysis has been around for a while. Yeah. But until you're in, like, CODIS or whatever, it's hard to uh, kind of pinpoint you. Well, I do, like, that just kind of makes me think of the OJ trial where, you know, they were also, like, DNA. That was in the early 90s, right? Mm -hmm. Late 80s, early 90s, and they still didn't trust DNA, and then... There were places. I'm just she gonna move this over line. again. <laughs> but there were places that fingerprints could have been found. It just kind of was fucked with. So I feel like yeah. they didn't. If you wipe shit 20 down, fingerprints it'll go away. might not help them. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Like they might not have really known what to do. Yeah. But uh, so when <clears throat> I guess it is five, six, seven years later. Okay, in 1995, HPD. They upgraded their shit. They got a new fingerprint system and they expanded their database. The new system finally got a match, okay, oh. to a man named Derek Jackson. Um, they were able to compare everything, and they figured that he matched these prints that they had lifted from a beer can, and it says a glass tumbler, but just what? basically a glass, okay? Uh, and they were found in Henderson's bedroom. Wow. So, uh, leads me to believe all kinds of stuff, but anyway, they found it, whatever. And the <laughs> a bloody fingerprint was found on Henderson's bedroom door. It also matched Jackson. Um, and then a serologist, I'm assuming this is a serum blood person. I'm just trying to like kind of dissect the word there. Mm-hmm. I didn't look it up, probably should have. Context clues, right, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> he testified that Jackson, or excuse me, the uh, blood that was found on the bedroom door was type B. Jackson is also, or Derek Jackson, sorry, is uh, also type B. And both of the victims were type A. So well, it kind of narrows it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, they found no other identifiable blood type at the crime scene. Um, da da da. DNA expert also testified that Jackson's DNA profile matched stains from a red towel and a beige towel in Henderson's bathroom. And by stains, I don't know if that means blood, semen, spit, mm-hmm. whatever, sweat. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> he could have wiped his freaking forehead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so Derek Jackson. We'll go kind of over who he is. Uh, at the time of the murder, he was a 29-year-old African-American. He was a cook in Houston. Um, He evidently came home with Forrest that night on the 10th. Um, Since there was no sign of forced entry, it kind of makes sense that Forrest brought him back to the house without any sort of struggle. It wasn't a weird 
uh, you know, he followed him home from the bar, anything like that. I feel like it was pretty uh, consensual, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to the neighbor's time frame, you know, it seemed to kind of be a relatively early night to me. It was, they showed up around 10.30. That's when he kind of said he heard everyone getting there or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty early. Um, and then Derek possibly stayed, kind of socialized for a minute, and then the murders took place. Now, if that's kind of, you know, if the neighbor doesn't really hear anything until almost 5 a.m., that's probably what went down. Mm-hmm. Um, so after Derek supposedly beats and stabs the men, he this is where it kind of gets a little fishy to me because um, I'm kind of clearly maybe, if you can tell, leaning a different direction than maybe what's actually going to happen. Yeah. Um, but he steals their wallets and he takes Forrest's car. Um, and he kind of uses that as his getaway vehicle. Um, he was pulled over for speeding when he leaves, but uh, he actually kind of took the cops on this like high-speed chase type thing. <laughs> but he gets away. He like escapes on foot somehow because he crashes the car, and they weren't able to catch him. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, kind of an idiot move there. But, but he, got, he got away. Right. And he got away with things for, what, four years? Five Seven. Years? Seven. Seven. Okay. <laughs> it's not all bad, though. Or, well, I mean, it's still bad. It gets bad, but it's it, obviously he gets caught. But... Uh, he kind of went under the radar for a little bit. Um, so they didn't find any match to his shit until seven years later. But right. in about four or five years, he gets arrested for aggravated, aggravated robbery. Um, so when he gets charged with the murders of Forrest and Richard, he's actually already in prison for this crime, for aggravated robbery. Completely separate thing. Wow. Yeah. So he was in prison for a 12-year sentence for the crime. And uh, he was actually sentenced to death and was executed in July 2010 by lethal injection, okay? Uh, I'm going to tell you, like, his last meal, all that shit, and then we'll get into some stuff. stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is supposedly what's true. His last meal was fried chicken, two legs, two thighs, barbecue ribs, french fries, German chocolate cake, two bananas, ice water, ketchup, and barbecue sauce. That's a lot of food, but, you know, I guess she's piling it all in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, He declined any last words. Um, Jackson became the, I thought this was kind of interesting, he became the 15th condemned inmate to be put to death that year in Texas, and the 462nd overall since the state resumed capital punishment in 1982. Wow. So, I don't know, just a little wow. oh my God. perspective. In, what, 20 years? You said 2002? 2010. 2010. Oh, okay, so 30 years. Almost yeah. 500 people put to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not too much. I mean... That's a lot. You think... I mean, I always feel like, God, these people are sitting on death row for forever. Yeah. But then you pick a random state to look at, and it's like, oh, they already executed eight people this month. And it's like, how do you... And maybe this is something I should look into, but how do you choose? It's your turn now, or is there, like, an order or a I feel like... I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I feel like they might have to give them a certain amount of time maybe just in oh, case yeah, they yeah. can appeal and so yeah that, they'll give you notice for sure yeah so that might play into it just like all right well you get but like what 10 de- years to figure out a new defense what depicts know. the order though or like what you know who says what is it going by the date you enter jail maybe it's going maybe you can like live longer if you don't get punished while you're in jail you know like get shots or whatever like you know oranges and black the fucking I've shots that you see it, it. Oh, okay so like if they fucked up or if they okay. like talked back to a guard, they would get a shot and like that goes on their record. Oh, so I wonder okay. if it's so like, like better behavior. You yeah, yeah, to yeah. Be alive like longer. all the fucking pedophiles and rapists out there. Yeah, you, you oh. had good behavior, so you never. Ooh, like, all of those people yeah. should die immediately. Yeah. but okay, yeah, back anyway. on track. We should look into that. Yeah, if anybody knows specifically, at least for Texas, because I know Texas has some weird shit about. Mm-hmm. 
uh, like normal states, it's like first degree murder, second degree murder, blah blah blah, manslaughter. But like Texas, like you it's can get killed for anything. In Texas, I feel. Oh yeah, but I mean, like their first degree murder, if you will, is capital murder in Texas. Like it's the only state that like calls it that. Oh. I'm and I could be wrong. Maybe that was the wrong website I looked hmm. at. But they list out their stuff differently, so it's really annoying. And like felony degrees and blah blah blah. Hmm. Okay, so favorite part of the show is theories and questions time. Yes, please. Okay, so I'm going to go from like kind of not that plausible potential theories to like my favorite. So was this actually a hate crime or maybe a crime of opportunity? Like I, like the question I wrote down, like this guy doesn't sound, Derek, Mm -hmm. doesn't sound smart enough to right. swindle his way into the apartment mm-hmm. to presumably have sex with right. Forrest, was it? Yeah. For, so Forrest was naked, so presumably he had sex. So that's going pretty far to, like, if it's a hate crime, it's more a I hate myself mm-hmm. crime. That's what I wrote down. Okay. Because it was that's... like, you, who waits, if you show up at 10.30, who waits till 5 a.m. to kill someone? Right. You, you have the intent to sleep go. with this person right. after doing whatever yeah. you did. and Or did you feel guilty or remorse or disgust yeah. after you had sex with this guy and were like, oh my God, I hate everything. I'm right. trying to stay closeted and dealing with my own problems. Yeah. I who feel, knows? I feel like that's that's kind of where I'm leaning because, I mean, if it was, if it was drug-fueled, they would have found drugs. Mm-hmm. If it was... I mean, I don't know. I didn't see any of that in any sort of report. Right. But I don't know. And I mean, it would make sense that Richard got murdered as well because he was a witness. He was there. Mm-hmm. But it's... And then him saying, oh God, why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. that make And that was the roommate. That wasn't even the guy that he yeah. potentially slept with. Exactly. I never saw when, you know, maybe their practice let out. Uh, that night, but I mean, if like I said, you're coming home at 10:30. I feel like that's a pretty early night for a Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? So clearly, they hit it off, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe they knew each other beforehand. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe that would have come out in something that I've read. Yeah, but I don't know. But um, because okay, I feel so like, curious, especially but. like Montrose now, especially, and I feel like even more so back then, probably. It's a tight knit community, mm-hmm. you know, and people know everyone. So, like Megan Curl, like everyone in town knew mm-hmm. that that guy was not recognized. Right. He was so. I feel like someone would have gone, come forward, yeah. maybe, and been like, "Oh, we didn't recognize this mm-hmm. person." So he might have been someone that was like New there was something. something. It might have been a TV. Oh, it was a TV show. It was one of the American Horror Stories. Mm-hmm. It was from um, Freak Show, where the strong yeah, man. He was season. yeah, like he was so ashamed of his. He, I guess he was technically a homosexual, like, you know, mm-hmm. and he was super ashamed of it, and so he went on, like, a, not a killing spree, but he did, like, murder a couple of the guys he slept with, I think. I'm totally misremembering this, but that's what I feel like Guilt kill happening. or something? Yeah. Okay. Because this person doesn't sound, like, if he left 20 fingerprints, obviously not a, like, he was, it was opportunist, like. Yeah. He took money and stuff because he was like I'm gonna have to be on the lam now whoopsie fucked well, up again the, uh, that's uh, well I'll go into that mm. one second Please, <laughs> yeah I just more. went on a whole tangent I don't know that's so. good that's Woo. good because we're on the same page I think that because of Montrose being more specified to the gay community mm-hmm. it definitely would have stuck out if he hadn't really been around there before yeah. so even if he was struggling with his sexuality or questioning it whatever 
you think you could find at least one bartender, one door guy that was like, yeah, I recognize that guy. Right. Whatever. Like he so, always sits in the back. Right. And, yeah. He seems kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but so, the, yeah, this is, this happened in 88 and this was kind of the height. I looked it up to kind of just triple check so I wasn't getting my facts wrong. This was kind of the height of the AIDS and HIV epidemic stuff mm-hmm. um, and kind of panic. So kind of to go along with the hate crime theory, uh, potentially, I read that it said three years prior, an article was written about like the anxiety and the hysteria that AIDS was having on the public. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're just one of those people that literally hates everyone that doesn't stand for what you stand for, maybe he just lost his shit and was like, I'm going to seduce this guy. I'm going to kill him because fuck this. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. Yeah. But I feel like he's not smart enough yeah, to do that absolutely. though. Yeah. I know that, like, being gay wasn't necessarily, like, taboo back then, but it also was still kind of frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially because of the AIDS epidemic. I mean, the... I don't... Government-fueled, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Different day. Uh, Interesting little tidbit. Derek was only 5'1". Okay. Oh, he's shorter than me by a lot. And he was 160 pounds. So he's chubby, to say the least, Okay. So my question is... How did he outrun the cops? Well, that, and also, maybe they have his weight wrong, but regardless, I feel like I could, and maybe this is just me, but you have a knife in your hand, sure, that's a little threatening, but like, you're 5'1". Yeah. Maybe you would think that someone could figure out a way to overtake a person who's 5'1". Right. And no one will know who we're talking about, but Kelsey... Yeah. She's teensy tiny, and it's like, I could take her down because yeah. she's so small. Absolutely. That's literally what I'm picturing. So I don't understand if, was he that hard to fight off? Did he actually know what he was doing? You know, That's I, what makes me think it's so rage-filled. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so upset with himself for succumbing to these urges that his just family is so, yeah, his yeah. religion, whatever it might have been. But yeah, like, and he had that ungodly strength, mm-hmm. I feel. Because it is. I mean, even with someone, if you're fighting for your life, like, obviously we've never been in a situation right. like that, so we don't know, but I feel like if your adrenaline and strength is going to kick in at any time, mm. it's going to be that. If you have enough rage and enough, like, yeah. conviction about it, but... Yeah. And, like, Richard, who awoke, obviously, since he, oh, God, why are you doing it? He mm-hmm. woke to this, mm-hmm. so... It must have been pretty serious. Yeah, like... Or... I don't know. I, I just... Know. That's, yeah, it definitely, it's so, it's unfortunate. You never know. Because that makes me believe even more so that Forrest was super relaxed and super mm-hmm. just. That they probably did have a decent time a together. Night. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden this dude goes right. ape shit. Yeah. So Ugh, this is kind of when I'm going to get into the, 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 the real deal for me at least. So this time frame, okay, this is confusing me. What really happens between 10.30 and 5? Mm-hmm. What went wrong? What set him off allegedly? And I'm going to say allegedly because as much as I feel like it could be him, I'm not 100% certain. Right, because they never proved it. Like his prints were matched yeah. and then he was put to death later and never tried for this? No, he was. He was tried. I am oh, just kind of oh. skipped over that part because like this is the consequence of like all of that. So I mean, okay. there was no... There was some speculation and confusion within the trial, but it was pretty straightforward. Fingerprints, DNA. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I couldn't find if they found fingerprints on the weapons themselves that were his, mm. um, but I'm just assuming. But um, I feel like if he was arrested for aggravated robbery, you know, a few years after this, 
it makes sense of why he stole the car mm-hmm. that night. Clearly, yeah. robbery is maybe his thing or theft, whatever. Um, so this kind of flows into M.O., I guess. But then you throw in these murders, that doesn't really make sense to me. So I guess my big question is, what about this neighbor? This neighbor, like, if I, like, I have paused the TV. I, the, my neighbors in my apartment mm-hmm. complex, like, there's four units all kind of in a circle with each other. And two doors down from me, these people, I think there's, like, 20 people living in this apartment. But they're always really loud. And it never yeah. disturbs us. But every once in a while, there's a drunk girl being very mm-hmm. loud and, like, doing the drunk girl, like, upset thing. Mm-hmm. And I heard a blood-curdling scream one night. And I paused everything. I, like, made my dog shut up. And I was like, we're listening to this so I can make sure right. I don't need to call the cops. Right. I, like, stared out the window for five minutes. That because Yeah, it's like... Not the best, but you know. Well, no, yeah, because it's interesting. <laughs> but I was like, if something bad is happening mm-hmm. next door to me and I heard something, I'm not just going to look at the time and be like, mm-hmm. I remember okay. hearing something weird. Like, right. I'm going to at least try to like it's better to feel to call the cops and they're like just in case yeah Yeah. like it was a movie or we're practicing whatever you could literally save someone's life yeah like oh god this neighbor is and that makes me like think like are people making this stuff up right so that is my whole point oh my god this time frame is too accurate for me yeah he can audibly tell the difference between these two guys voices and Richard, granted, I don't know exactly how long he had really been living there, but for, for part of the time, he was there by himself because Forrest was out of town, right? Mm, yeah. So there shouldn't have been too much uh, voice-on-voice action happening. Unless he sang all the time. Right, like, but it. still, I mean, yeah. you're not ta- sing-talking, I no. guess. I don't know. So for me, that's weird. How can you tell, unless you're an uber-creeper, how can you tell the difference between these two guys' voices? And if you're in the throes of a, a terrifying moment... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if... Does your voice change? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Would it be that discernible? You know? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. Again, I find this odd. Was the neighbor's blood type type B? I wonder if they ever checked that out. I really wonder, okay? It, was he sick of Forrest bringing guys over? Was he sick of the late nights, the loud music, the partying, the whatever? Even though it wasn't super late, if Forrest was known to go out and potentially bring guys home... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was he just over it? And he was like, I can't handle it anymore because this time frame of 1032, 4.45, yada, yada, yeah. never calling the cops, blah, blah, blah. If Derek did come over, of course his DNA will be there. If he had sex with Forrest, his DNA will probably be there. He wiped his mouth off, he wiped his dick off, whatever, and he left. Yeah. And his fingerprints will be on a beer because Forrest offered him the beer. Doesn't mean that homeboy neighbor could have just popped right on over. And maybe Forrest is a shit person and took the wallets and took the car because... That's all he knows. He may not have been the greatest guy. Doesn't mean he murdered you someone. Mean, okay, so you mean like he or was sorry, like, Derek? That's what I meant. You mean he was like skipping out, like after yeah. having sex, just yeah. skipping and out. Yeah, he was left, and because that yeah. would explain maybe Richard's asleep, he's passed out. So is Forrest, kind of still out of it. And also, if you just murdered someone and you're, you wouldn't be speeding down the road, no matter how dumb of a criminal you are. But you, he might have just because he stole the car and maybe felt bad, and maybe he thought, maybe, oh god, Forrest is gonna wake up, see his shit's gone, and the car's gone. True. And just because he gets arrested for it later, that, and I, I could be totally wrong, but this mm-hmm. is just a big question to me of like, this is his kind of go-to is stealing stuff, yeah. not murder. Yeah. And if this neighbor just has this casual time frame, and I could be speculating like way too far. Oh yeah, and this is. But it could just be kind of weird. But it's also like, just, it's this weird is theory me. hour. Yeah. Yeah, it's because that is. I mean, when you. 
It's just too accurate to me. I don't know. You, you mentioned your mom saying that if she hears right. a neighbor's dog Dogs barking, barking, she writes that's down a, the time. That's a normal time. thing. Yeah. That is a normal thing, and you would be able to be like, yeah, I was woken up around like, I don't mm-hmm. know, I think it was like 3.15. I right. made sure to look at the clock, but I just went back to bed because it was just a dog. Mm-hmm. That's a normal thing, not to be able to give the cops a timeline. Yeah. That, And it's like he almost came up with the timeline to corroborate maybe when Derek left yeah. and to make sure that, like... It added up, but also he has someone to blame for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, and it also like makes me really like if if there's any anything to that theory, which I kind of like because it's it can happen. It makes yeah. I mean, it can happen. Shitty people do shitty things mm-hmm. all the time, but it also makes sense. pisses me off that like if that is the thing that he was like, oh, there's a flat guy over. Mm-hmm. Cool, got it. Extra this points. is this is my night. You know, like that. Yeah. But uh, the kind of final thing I want to touch on is that, so to, for me to think that he was already in jail, right? So he was there for a 12-year sentence for that aggravated robbery thing after this supposed murder. Which, that's, oh my god, that's a lot for an aggravated robbery. I mean, I don't, I think aggravated Wait, robbery. Did he come at the person with the gun? Right, I think that's, that would be interesting that, to know. I think that's what stipulates the aggravated part. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think there's a difference between robbery and burglary and larceny and burglary is like a building that you just go in with the intent to steal and no one's oh. there. Robbery is more of like you have the intent of harming a person in their residence or whatever. You know that you're going to threaten someone. Jesus, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I think the weapon has to be a part of the whole thing to be like cause that. I don't know, whatever. Okay. Um, but he, I don't know, if you were in jail... Not that you would immediately be like, you know what, I'm already in jail, I might as well admit to these murders, whatever, what's a little more time. Right. But I mean, I think sometimes people do think that way, because at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to rebuild uh, yourself outside of jail. Yeah. So sometimes people just stay in it because... Or they might brag to yeah. a cellmate. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's just easier to stay in prison. I don't know. I don't know if that was his process, but I mean, he was very adamant that he did not kill these guys. Really? And he stuck to that story till forever. And then, like I really? said, he didn't have any final words. He just was like, I didn't do this. He could have, and that's why I mentioned the wow. capital murder thing, is that I think, and I don't know if this is all the time, but in Texas, if you are charged with capital murder, your immediate sentencing is the death penalty. Now, wow. don't, Quote me on that, but I'm 99% sure. Yeah. So if you plead guilty, I'm pretty sure the judge and jury and all that stuff could uh, kind of take pity on you if a bit or a little bit and mm-hmm. like lower your sentence to just like life. Okay. Right. So he had the choice to potentially plead guilty and get a lower sentence and not get put to death, but he stuck to being innocent knowing he would get put to death. Wow. That to me is a pretty strong statement. I really would like to know more about the neighbor. Um, I just think it's a lot of avenues weren't gone down appropriately (laughs) okay so that was the uh case of Derek jackson or more appropriately i guess i should say the case of forrest henderson and Mm -hmm. richard rottenberry i don't know why the faux british accent has to come out (laughs) okay so do you want to oh yeah wrap that up uh Email me if you have any information on the neighbor because I would fucking love to know. I won't even ha- talk about it if you don't want me to. I just want to know for my own personal uh, enjoyment. So, anyway, we are going to go into Cassie's murder. Yes. 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 I'm okay with that. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, weirdly enough, uh, mine kind of takes place in the Montrose area as well, but that's just happenstance. Um, What's happenstance? Just a coincidence, ah. I believe. Why did you just say coincidence? <laughs> so, um... 
I would like to title mine with the the murder victims, which is obviously horrifying that there are murder victims in any case ever. But um, do they deserve it? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll kind of yeah, we'll kind of nice. go into why. So Good. I'm just gonna say this is the icebox icebox murders. Yeah, yeah, cool. Have you heard about it? I have, but <gasps> I didn't go into it. Oh, I didn't good. go into it. It was like in a top like whatever that I saw on a website, and I was like. I want to do this, but there was like a couple more that caught my eye. So sweet, Yay! sweet, sweet. I'm so glad you looked okay, at Okay, I hope I do it justice because I am like, I've been into true crime since I was a kid. Like my mom and I used to watch Forensic Files and all that stuff. But as an adult, I'm just now getting back into it with different podcasts I listen to and obviously doing research for this one. So um, my format is kind of a little weird and I'm like, I didn't know about the Icebox murders. I had never heard of them. And this was the grisliest murder Um Houston police officers had ever seen. <laughs> so, um, the Icebox Murders. Um, we're going to start with Charles Rogers. Um, he was born in Houston on December 30th, 1921, which is a balls amount of time ago, like <laughs> almost 100 years ago. It's so weird. Um, what? 1921? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said 61. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. I was um, looking at the model. These happened in the 60s, yeah. Okay, okay. But, um... He, by many accounts, was a shy, very bullied kid. He was a lot smaller than the other kids, but he was really, really smart. So he became a loner. Um, he didn't have a very happy childhood, but we'll get more into that. He did well for himself as an adult. Um, he graduated from UH, um, University of Houston, with a Bachelor's of Science in Geophysics. Which is I don't even know what that means. Super smart. Just, okay. yeah, geophysics, um, geology, so the physics, physics of the of earth. geology? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. See, context clues again. That's what <laughs> I did. Zoologist, <laughs> Latin, sure. I just see bachelors of science, and I'm like, oh, he's a yeah, genius. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> um, and that means you get to kill people in the future. So after he graduated, um, he was a Navy pilot in World War II, and he served in the Office of Naval Intelligence. So That's cool. Very smart. Yeah. Very, very intelligent guy. Um, he made powerful friends in his service, um, and then he was, I put down, obvi super smart. <laughs> so after he got out of the Navy, he worked as a seismologist for Shell for nine years, um, and basically he had a knack for finding oil reserves, um, shale, gold, silver. He had a knack for it. Um, that makes sense. Like, in Houston, you would get a job here. Oh, yeah. That's all petroleum, gas, shit, whatever. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Like, he was lucky uh, to oil, live here. He did abruptly quit in 1957. He was 36 at this point. Um, we'll kind of go into that a little bit more in a second, but he also spoke seven languages, and he had a lot of interest in ham radios, um, which meant he communicated with people all over the world. I didn't know what ham radios were. Um, they're kind of like, like a back then. Like or something? A little bit, except it was more like the internet for like Omegle, you know, the no, where you would I go <laughs> video chat with random people over no. the world. Yeah, it was, You can do that? That sounds so sketch. It is. Um, there were <laughs> a lot of people either like screwing or being like really inappropriate or like creepy dudes, a lot of jacking off. I did talk to a lot of, I ended up talking to a lot of cool people on it and you just oh, okay. like, yeah, from all over the world. And that's, that's neat. Is, that's what it works That's cool. Mm -hmm. Wait, how do you do that if you don't speak their language? He spoke seven different languages. And like, I, what did you do? Oh, me? Oh, just skipped them. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> just skipped them. Yeah. Good. Right. yeah, a lot of Norwegian. Well, maybe you should tune into them, and maybe then you'll learn seven languages. Maybe, yeah, because fucking Charles Rogers did it. Um, yeah. So, oh, me Anybody about the can. Dicks. That's what a ham radio is. Um, oh, my God. 
That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is snappy. Um, and he also had a long-term girlfriend. And this will all, I went kind of into detail of his adult life because I feel like it's relevant a little bit later. But we're just going to go right into a little bit more of the story. Um, on June 23rd, 1965, two Houston police officers were dispatched to 1815 Driscoll Street, which is in the Montrose. Oh my God, yeah. Uh-huh. Shut up. They have some nice houses over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that the house is now bulldozed and nice townhomes mm-hmm. were erected in its place, but... I, I mean, I know exactly where that is, which is why I chose this, That's honestly. Awesome. Yeah. Um, they were dispatched because Mr. and Mrs. Rogers, so Charles' parents, um, oh, they yes. were not heard from for a few days. Their nephew, Melvin, said that he was calling. He, it was weird that um, his aunt especially was not answering the phone. Police forced entry um, after no one answered. Um, they searched around the house, obviously, to try to see if anyone was anywhere. And they didn't find anyone, so they forced entry, and they found an empty house. It was pretty clean. Um, there was some food on the dining room table, you know, looking like it was just about to be eaten. Um, so, so like, they, not that old. Not that old, okay. yeah. Pretty fresh. Um, and they searched around the house a little bit, which eventually led them to the kitchen. So they're searching everything. They're doing their due diligence, obviously touching all over any crime scene. But this is, it's the 60s, so it's really before they knew, probably. I mean, fingerprints, come on. Fingerprints were like a thing. And they could have had gloves. I didn't read anything that said they had gloves or didn't, but they're searching around the house. So obviously, like, they're all over the place. Um, And they're mostly, they're looking for people. people. Yeah, Yeah, they don't expect a murder. Exactly. And they're looking for signs of a crime. Yeah. Um, what That's they did find in the fridge was, you know, freshly washed and neatly stacked hog meat on the shelves of the fridge. No. Um, they looked around in the crisper and they What's found... A crisper? The, so like a vegetable oh, yeah, crisper? Yeah, 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 the crisper yeah, yeah, drawers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and there were... They had those in the 60s. Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the two big ones next to each other. <laughs> and this is important because there were two brown paper bags in each, one in each um, crisper. Mm-hmm. And upon further inspection... <laughs> It was Fred and Edwina Rogers' decapitated heads. Nice. Fred's eyes had been gouged out. Um, both of them had terrible wounds to the head. Um, later, a autopsy report would show that they were, uh, I guess, murdered by fatal wounds to the head. But I'll get more into that. Um, mm. They were both beaten to death. And eventually, they found a keyhole saw, um, scissors, mm, and a gun was found in the house. So those are like the three potential mm-hmm. murder weapons, murder weapons and stuff. Yeah. Was there like blood in the CRISPR? Well, no. Okay. Because we'll get to that. We'll get to that and I'm kind of <coughs> not sure how when I want to get to it. I will say um, it was not hog meat. Huh? It was their torso and limbs that yeah. had been neatly cut up, you know, like meat, just like meat. Um, they found some of their vital organs had been chopped up and they were found in a sewer a few miles away from the house, leading police to believe they had been flushed on the toilet huh? after being dissected. <gasps> oh, Small I thought you were about to say digested. Oh my God. Like, no, 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 no. Even just, still, regardless, that's disgusting. cut up their organs, excuse me, and uh, flushed them down the toilet and most of their that remains were never found. Wow. Um, they were drained of all their blood okay. and they were dissected in the bathtub of the house. So that, they could tell at least from that that that's mm-hmm. probably where it happened. That's why there was, it was, I'll, I'll go into more of this yeah, later, yeah, but go for it, sorry. there was nothing else in the house except where they found the bodies. 
um, where they found the organs way far away from Mm -hmm. the house and what they had to go into with their forensics. Um, So Charles is gone. Um, Police could not find Charles, but we'll go into that in a second because I want to talk to you about Fred and Edwina Rogers. Fred Rogers was born on um, January 19th. 1884, which is super long ago. Um, he was a real estate agent and he was also a bookie. So think back to when he would have been a bookie. That would have been during Prohibition right, times. Rough times you know, for sure. mm-hmm, absolutely. A lot of nefarious crime going on. Um, his wife, Edwina Rogers, was 15 years his junior and she was born uh, actually yesterday, October 8th of 1892. And she worked as a home goods saleswoman, so probably Tupperware. Um, oh, I was literally thinking Home Goods, like the store. Yeah, which oh, I yeah. like that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a store now. So she she started it. <laughs> yeah, Just kidding. Sure, yeah. Good old Edwina. Good old Edwina. By all accounts, they had a shit marriage. They absolutely hated each other. Um, they slept in separate beds, and even their food couldn't be touching or in the what? same area of the fridge or the pantry because a massive argument would outbreak. Um, there was alcohol abuse. I'm assuming by Fred. Just because he's a bookie. Um, it could also be Edwina. I don't want to be sexist. Girls can be yeah, alcoholics too. Suppressing. But yeah. not, not back then. Yeah, I feel like sure. it was mostly yeah. dudes. Um, <laughs> and he also had nefarious dealings with his job as a bookie. Um, they had one child, Charles Rogers. Mm-hmm. They he, Remember, as a kid, he was small. He was picked on a lot. He was very shy. He was a loner. Had a very unhappy childhood. At home, it wasn't much better because he was physically and emotionally abused by his parents. Um, and that's why I think he grew up to do a lot of really cool, awesome stuff for himself. Yeah. And that's also why he was super into his ham radio because when he quit his job abruptly in 1957, from that point until 1965, he lived with his parents. Um, neighbors did not even know... Fred Nedwina had a son because he was never seen. He left before sunrise and he got home after sunset. Like on purpose? Mm-hmm. Okay. He and his mother had not spoken face to face in five years despite living in the same house. Um, she would communicate with him that his music was too loud or that she wanted to get his attention because they communicated by notes slipped under the door. Um, <laughs> and so she would get his attention by banging a broom onto... Uh, I guess the ceiling. I'm sorry. Uh, for, like, for story house. Are we in high school? Exactly. Like, come on. And remember, notes? he's like 36 up. at this point. So from 36 to like 42, that's how he's communicating with his parents. Um, so Damn. obviously they did not have a great relationship at all. No. Um, he was by all accounts a recluse and he officially disappeared on June 23rd, 1965. Um, and that's, of course, the same day the Houston police found Fred and Edwina's decapitated, mutilated bodies. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Fred's genitalia was removed, too, nice. from his torso. Yeah, so that Good. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Charles, is the only suspect, um, and it is still unsolved. Um, in July of 1975, a Houston judge declared him dead in absentia. Or absentia. I say absentia if that feels better. So that basically means someone's disappeared for so long, their estate needs to be dealt with, their house needs to be dealt with, whatever. So Charles disappeared. Um, Houston police really don't have many leads. Um, They do hear that there is, 
someone named um, shit Anthony Pitts, um, a nervous-looking guy coming into a business um, a day before the murder took place, which they decided was on June 30th, so Father's Day. Wait, he came into where? Um, this local business, oh, okay. a nervous-looking dude. I thought you meant But the, the nervous-looking dude's name was Anthony Pitts. That was really their only lead. Charles disappeared without a trace. Why? Okay, I'll ask later. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Because there's more. <laughs> Just wait. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. Um, so, enter Hugh and Martha Gardinier. It's a G-A-R-D-E-N-E-I-R. Like the hair thing? And not Gardinier. Oh. It's, there's, <laughs> there's a D. There's a D. It's like, I'm just going to say Gardiner, which is totally wrong, but sorry, Hugh and Martha. They're definitely still alive. Um, <laughs> these are two true crime badasses cool. that blew this like they blew the case wide open um neither of them have any f- police training at all oh neither formal nor informal they are both forensic accountants and oh, that I means, love that shit yeah. yeah so if you don't know what forensic accountants is um i didn't you see your end number is fifteen thousand dollars and people can look at that and like okay that's my balance fifteen thousand dollars a forensic accountant is hired to find out paper trails history basically of each number and why it ended up being 15,000 in the end so they go really in depth into everything and um, super fact checkers all that stuff they find a mutual interest in this case before they were married Um, I think they were working together I totally forgot I totally feel like I heard about this, but oh, I did sure not did. even realize that it was about this case. Yeah. This is like super Twilight Zone right now. Yeah, okay, no, cool. no, no, no. I'm Love sure it. you did Keep because going. their book came out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just okay. like 12 years ago, awesome. I think. Awesome, cool. So um, they decided that they weren't going to take it as face value and say, okay, this guy is dead in absentia. He disappeared. His two parents were brutally murdered. Um, they found out... Through a lot of searching, they took every bit of police record, um, anything they could find, and they did it over again. They said in an interview with another podcast that I got a lot of this stuff from, um, as well as my own independent research, I'll give that away at the end, um, it's called Criminal, and they actually, um, it's episode 41, this lady, I think her name is Phoebe, she interviews them, and they say they took nothing at face value, nothing is fact, until they figured it out for themselves. Um... I don't believe I mentioned that Edwina was murdered execution style by a gunshot wound to the head and then brutally beaten. His father, Fred, was beaten to death with a claw hammer in the head. And the claw hammer was a handyman's that had just left his bag behind. He was doing work in the house, you know, probably coming back later to do it. So that's the kind of shit we were just talking about. Like, mm-hmm. you could just get accused mm-hmm. if you just casually leave your fucking handyman bag behind. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So through their due diligence, Hugh and Martha found out that Fred and Anwina actually defrauded their son multiple times. Um, they told everyone that they owned their house, when in fact Charles owned, or yeah, Charles owned the house. Um, they would take out loans and liens on the house and pocket the money. Um, Charles owned a lot of other properties, um... Like I said, he was really successful, so he owned a lot of properties, and they would forge his signature on different deeds and different documents, and they just stole from him all the time. Oh my god, they suck. Yeah, not only were they dicks to him when he grew (laughs) up, um, but they were also dicks to him as an adult. And Fred was in his 80s, Edwina was in her 70s when they both died. Whatever, So we'll we'll go into more, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. So, um, yeah, they sucked. (laughs) Definitely doesn't mean you deserve to die, but whatever. Um, so 
Hugh and Martha found out that Anthony Pitts, is that what his name was? Yes. Anthony Pitts was actually Charles. Oh my God, stop. Mm -hmm. So the nervous man, they followed a paper trail and they just followed it, followed it, followed it. Um, The nervous man was said to be a welder named Anthony Pitts. He went in to apply with this company for a job overseas, you know, as a welder. Um, and who was actually Charles Rogers' girlfriend gave Anthony Pitts, a.k.a. Charles Rogers, <laughs> uh, the keys to what ended up being his getaway car. He drove to the Mexican border, which if you're in Houston, is about seven hours away, not that far. Um, and then from the Mexican border, he went to Chihuahua. So, kind it's of. It's a real place. Yeah, right? It is. It is. Not just a tiny dog. Um, and I'm all over the place. I'm or a cheese. I'm keep apologizing. I'm so sorry. No, I'm actually sitting here thinking, like, dang, she's not even, okay, not that if you're obviously not <laughs> able to see this, clearly, but she's not even, like, looking at her papers, and I literally was, like, glued to my computer screen. She's, like, got this down, and she's like, oh, I don't even know. I'm not sure if I know. I don't know. Well, because I know I'm, like, I'm fucking up, like, it's, I don't know. Who I'm cares about the order? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. She's good. good. So they also found out um, that Charles Rogers, like I said, he was really brilliant at finding shale and oil and diamond and gold deposits. And so he chartered his own plane. Remember, he was a pilot in the Navy. Mm. So he owned his own plane. Um, He had a private pilot's license. And he would fly over the um, Sierra Madres in Mexico and look for gold and silver and everything. So He knew what was up by mm-hmm. going back. Okay. And it was almost like a private contractor type thing. Like he worked for very rich and powerful people at different points in his life and he had a lot of rich and powerful friends because he made them a lot of money. Um, so they did their super due diligence. They went to Texas A&M and looked through the library and just poured over different, um, I guess, plane leases I don't even know just receipts from a freaking plane purchase and they Mm -hmm. found a receipt for a Cessna 140 to a man in Houston named Charles Mm -hmm. Rogers they also found a sales (laughs) a sales note from Charles Rogers selling his Cessna 140 plane to a man I just put a man this man had a name that was definitely mentioned but I didn't think it was important Uh, he sold his plane to a man who then sold it to Anthony Pitts, a welder. Now remember, that's the fake name that Charles used when he went to get his getaway car and apply for work overseas. Um, Anthony Pitts is actually a real person. Hugh oh and Martha God. found out that Anthony Pitts and Charles Rogers, I keep forgetting Charles's name because he used two different names, <laughs> but uh, he and Charles worked together in Honduras when Charles was there for work You know, during his seismology career um, a little bit. Was this guy pissed? Or I'll ask that later. I was going to say, okay. was this guy pissed? Or like, I would be Oh, no, no, pissed. no. Or he was in on it, probably. Oh, he was in on it. Oh, yes. He was absolutely okay. in on it. Because Great. Charles sold his plane to a dude who then sold it to an Anthony Pitts. And Anthony Pitts sold it back to Charles mm. once Charles had disappeared effectively into Mexico. Okay. Um, there's also a man named Charles John Mackey who owned the company that both Anthony and Charles worked for. Um, Hugh and Martha, again, fucking badasses. They went through a lot of paperwork and they found out this guy's name. They were just following any lead they could. They said they spent over 5,000 hours um, on this case trying to figure it out. Like, this is this became their life. They yeah. became engulfed in it. They got and, married because of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they found things that the Houston police didn't have the time or the resources oh, to sure. look into. Yeah. So, I mean, things that it just took a little bit of document digging for them. Houston police never really looked into it. 
Um, so through all of that document digging, they found John Mackey, who had since passed away, but his widow talked. Mm. Uh, he was kind of, my, the impression I got, he was kind of a nefarious type crime dude. Um, he was really rich. He definitely maybe was like a cheater or something like that. So his widow was super amped to just spill <laughs> everything. Um, so basically, Mackey made money off of Charles at some point. Anthony worked for him. They all came together. They allowed Anthony or Charles to plan this out for years. So uh, Charles woke up um, on June 30th of 1965. He got his gun. He went into his mother's room because remember his mother and father slept in separate beds because they fucking hated each other because they were both dicks. Um, and also remember, this is the first time she'd seen her son in five years, face to face. He shot her in the back of the head, execution style. Um, he also beat her, but I'm not sure which happened first. I would assume the beating happened first a little, maybe to subdue her, but mm -hmm. I couldn't figure that out. Um, so she was found to be beaten. She was shot in the head. She was dragged to the bathroom. He then went over to his father's bedroom, awoke him by beating him with a clawed hammer that, again, he found from the handyman's bag, um, beat him to death, gouged out his eyes. Actually, he did that in the bathtub, but he also, you know, drug him to the bathtub, gouged out his eyes, and that's where he methodically and with what some police officers remarked as almost medical precision, it had okay. to be done by someone who understood the human anatomy, he dissected their bodies, beheaded them, cut up their organs, flushed them down the toilet, um, removed all of the blood, and then chopped up some of it, you know, basically to fit in the fridge. And then he put their heads in bags and put them in the fridge. And then he left. Just kidding. He stayed in the house for <laughs> three whole days Ew. to clean oh. everything. Okay, I was literally everything. just writing down a question about mm -hmm. that. Okay. The only trail of blood was found, and just a very small trail of blood was found leading to his bedroom. Everything else was completely clean. Um, the dissection weapons, you know, the keyhole saw, the scissors, those were of course found. I believe they were also cleaned. The gun was left on his nightstand and Hugh and Martha um, kind of concluded that he left it there as he climbed out his window next to the nightstand and disappeared into the night. Damn. Not really though, because he had the day before gone to his girlfriend's workplace given this fake story um i'm anthony pitts you know i'm a welder i want to go over season work um which would make sense for him to get the keys of this car and drive to the mexican border um so he had an escape plan absolutely um so she was in on it he had been planning this for years they said um, very methodically planning out plan a plan b what he was going to do because again this guy was super smart um, he disappeared, and Hugh and Martha were able to find paper trails that led him to Honduras. Um, then he kind of went cold, because remember, this is the 60s. These people are looking at it um, 15, 20 years later, and I think they spent like 5 or 10 years researching this. But Mackey, remember John Mackey, whose widow talked? Um, Mackey was told that an American geologist was murdered by coal miners in Honduras with a pickaxe pickaxe um over a wage dispute and he never even looked into who it was 
So that's what leads Hugh and Martha to believe that he was actually murdered in Honduras. Um, So, you know, karma much. But... No way. This guy rules. I know. (laughs) So basically, he... Super smart. A bunch of ham radios. Made a lot of wealthy friends. He knew seven languages. He had a plane that he chartered and devised a plan for himself to get that plane later after he escaped from killing his parents. But kind of into theory mode now. The thing that I kind of... It was on Wikipedia because there's no Murderpedia page on this guy because he was never convicted. Obviously, he was just pronounced dead by a judge so they could dissolve his estate because um, he owned a lot of properties, all that good stuff. Um, there were possible ties with him to the JFK assassination. Um, yeah, people theorized that he met some people... Um, who were involved in that during his time in the Navy, but I don't really care about that's that. Honestly, yeah, like, but weirdly enough, like, that shit happened in Texas, so yeah. we can technically cover it. True. Yeah, I actually stayed at the hotel last time I was in Fort Worth for work, um, the last hotel that JFK was ever alive in. Dang. Isn't that weird? Like, uh, there was little evidence. Hugh and Martha, who, again, are the true crime fucking badasses, um, <laughs> which I think really makes this case cool because the Houston police, like, not to say they didn't do anything, it was you know, mid-60s. This kind of leads me to Dean Coral just a little bit because everyone who I've listened to covering Dean Coral's case said that the police weren't really concerned with anyone unless it was rich white people. Yeah, I read that too. It was like, if you look... Or it said... Wait, wait, I think I'm getting confused. I thought it said like... If you were a rich white person, don't worry about it. Yeah, and if like, you were a male, if white a crime person. happened to a rich yeah. white person, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what they were worried about. And okay. these people, I, I mean, their son was the only suspect, and he disappeared, so they were just like, Fine. it was definitely still in the news. I saw some kind of vintage, I guess now news articles, you know, in the late '60s, early '80s, just like police are still searching for this guy. But really, how much searching did they do? If two people with no training were able to figure out everything i don't know um but my (laughs) main theory is or kind of question your parents are also already old as balls i get (laughs) that maybe you have to live in this house that you own because they have been defrauding you and they have been you know taking out loans in the house so maybe you're you know keep your enemies closer type Mm -hmm. thing um, so I kind of get that as to why he, and I absolutely understand why he was a shut-in, because he definitely hated them, he didn't want anything to do with them, he probably had to live there out of necessity because these fucking people were going to drain his bank account. Um, I guess because it, it must have been much easier to commit fraud, because you don't get like fraud alert on your phone in the 60s, so <laughs> I'm sure he had to keep a close eye on them. I just don't understand if you... If you did get to that point where you were just so fed up and you decided, I'm going to kill my parents, he was obviously intelligent enough that he could have done it in a way without beheading them, removing his father's genitalia, you know, so that kind of leads me to believe that it wasn't him to do it, because no matter how much you hate your parents, they're still your parents, they're still the people, and, you know, you have to be really, really, really fucked up in the head to just be okay with that and he had a long-term girlfriend he had many many friends powerful people that helped him they made money from him and because of him you know so they he and he was very intelligent um he was said as a recluse and a hermit by neighbors that knew he existed but never saw him so his friends the people that knew him they knew him as a really intelligent guy 
So that kind of leads me to the belief that this intelligent, kind of well-off, really, you know, successful guy maybe hired somebody. Mm-hmm. But it's also... If you hired somebody, I don't think they would stay in your house for three days and clean everything up and, you know, put things back where they went. And so he could just be really fucked up and it was done with medical precision. But if he was hired, you're paying for a service. So if you're going to clean up or if you're going to kill someone, maybe part of it is the cleanup. Yeah. I mean, that could be because this, why... If no one knows his parents are dead yet, because he went to get this rental car, you know, he went to be prepared to skip town a day before he was pronounced, or I guess, you know, missing. Um, so, I guess the murders happened on 19... or the 20th. So, on the 22nd... They couldn't find him. They could Well, the 23rd, they couldn't find him. On the right. 22nd is when he went to get the car and stuff. Um, why would he use a fake name? I mean, his girlfriend worked there. He might... I, I would assume Maybe that to people, not even leave any sort of paper trail. Just to fucking true. end it. That's you know? true. Even if people recognized him, you know, maybe he doesn't have to... If his girlfriend's handling things, that's what she's right. writing down. So, I don't know. It's just really sketchy to me. Like, why would you have to dissect your parents and flush their body part or their organs down the toilet? Why would you... Like, he was obviously smart enough to disappear. For all intents and purposes. Like, only these two people, 20 years later, after he would have been well over 100 years old, Mm -hmm. were able to find out the paper trail that led them to him. So, he was obviously smart enough to get away with a crime and leave, or just flee town. I don't, I just, I I can't wrap my head around the brutality of this, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, they, his mother and him used to slip notes back and forth to communicate. Like, so there was some communication, um... Why couldn't you just wait for them to die on their own? Why couldn't you just fucking I, leave and... I, I have, like, I have a lot of questions. Yeah, please, okay, please, so please. I totally agree. He's smart enough to get away with this, but coincidentally, obviously not. He got killed, theoretically, in Honduras, right? right? over something as small as a wage dispute, But so... is that real? Right. So that's that another tangent, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Absolutely. He could be faking his death to even keep the roofs up even further down mm-hmm. the line with mm-hmm. more people, witnesses, blah, blah, blah. So, which brings me to, back to kind of the basics of it all. You say he was a hermit. You say he was a recluse. You say mm-hmm. his girlfriend helped him do this. These, at least the hermit and recluse thing, this kind of leads me to believe that this was actually all very plausible. When you at least research it enough, or from what doctors say mm-hmm. are like uh, signs, symptoms, whatever, of being a psychopath, you're intelligent. You can carry on relationships if you can hold it up. You know what I mean? If you can fake it till you make it kind of thing with a relationship. True. You're very, you know, like the basis of a lot of uh, serial killers' problems start with their mothers it's like a 93 percentile issue of like just being put in a like crib in front of a tv and not having any interaction with their Mm -hmm. mothers so i mean norman bates ed gein that kind of thing i mean obviously norman bates is a fictional character but based off of ed gein like this kind of shit is real so yeah your rage although it may not be on the forefront of your activities it's in there that's true so i mean 
yeah, they're old, but maybe that was also part of the game of like, you're about to die, but I'm going to fucking end it earlier because yeah. fuck you and everything you did. And I surpassed what you thought I could be. I did this for myself. I've planned this all out. It's a big middle finger to them. That's true. And the because, precision, I mean, like that's an anal retentive yeah. kind of like, I'm an expert on everything. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and maybe it was a hire. I don't know. But I think because of his education and because of his intelligence level, probably him. Yeah. For sure. My thoughts are just kind of like extra conspiracy theories because, yeah. holy crap, these guys are badasses, but... I mean, that's just that me, is, like... No, that is true because, I mean, it, seven languages is a lot. Right. So he probably, in his spare time, holding up in his bedroom, had time to Think learn, about. you know, maybe get Grey's Anatomy. It you know, sound, get that book and right. just read up on... Anything. How to drain a body most effectively. How to, And he... He did it in the bathtub. He spent days cleaning everything, and he slipped into the night without a trace, which is fucking like that leads me to think of like also like how not smart can you be? You flush the organs, really? Yeah, you're gonna leave the head and the torsos in the fridge, obviously because you want some evidence to be shown because Mm -hmm. you want to know in the papers, oh, they found them. And you're oh. going to read that and think, ah, oh, yes, I'm getting that notoriety. But I, you're going to flush the shit? Yeah, I think That's I forgot to say lame. that he took the time to stage a robbery as well. Yeah, he Which wanted also, it to be found. That's a, yeah, and that's a mixed Obviously bag of not things. a good like, robbery, though, because they said right. it didn't really look out of place. Exactly. And why would why would a simple robber, like, fuck, I mean, this brings me back to, we just mentioned Gein. Like, mm-hmm. Gein did shit like that. I mean, he didn't, Gein was a much... I mean, of course, he killed a couple people, but he was a less, like, crazy serial killer than, like, he did other stuff. He, he like, exhumed bodies, and that's, yeah, that's the yeah. crazy shit he did, but he did dismember people. And he was he, a little more to himself. Yeah, and he, like, cut people's heads off, and so that was just kind of, like, his thing. skin lamp. Yeah. Oh, man, so cool. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> Like, I, if it wasn't real, I would definitely yeah, yeah, have yeah, it on for my sure, house. For sure, yeah. But it's just, what, like... It's this. It's the psychopathy of people. Too fucking smart for yeah, like right. I, to for their own. Good. And that, that does. I think you're right. Like psychopath, that makes sense for his profile. Yeah, and for his, you know, because he did. He was obviously successful enough to procure enough money over time to spend years and years and years planning this. So obviously, since it was so methodically done, was not a snap decision. So mm-hmm. that does lead to psychopathy. Yeah. Like, you're planning it out. It's premeditated. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I mean, you could flip it around and just say, sure, this guy was smart. Sure, he was rich. Sure, he did shit with his life, even though his parents fucking sucked. I could name ten other people that have had... What about the girlfriend? Like, what she was just left with nothing? How did he get her on board? I found nothing else about that. So... You think she was even real? I mean, obviously she was real, but, like... I wonder if she was just infatuated with him and what he was doing. His relationship with his parents were, it was that bad to where he was like, you know, they're defrauding me left Mm -hmm. and right. They're draining my bank account. Yeah, it's just like, I have to, maybe he said he would put out a hit on them or something. You know, Mm -hmm. he might, I don't anticipate him telling his girlfriend. Yeah, that he would doubt out his father's eyes. But, you know. And that's what the, the the rage behind it all. I right. keep saying rage when I need to stop, but like the genitalia yeah, he, and the eyes. He, he, right. His mother obviously got a little bit, you know, a, a better way of going yeah. because she was shot in the back of the head, execution style. So that means he couldn't look her in the face. He didn't want to humanize her as his mother while he was murdering. Well, her. I wrote that down. I was like, did they ever? Um, like, was it? He knocked on the door, or obviously he lived there, so I guess he mm-hmm. wouldn't have knocked on the door. 
So did he just come up behind her? Did he hold her down and then shoot her execution style? Did he just walk up behind her and blow her away? Like you said, did he beat her up and then shoot her? Did they find any evidence of like where the initial shot happened, I guess? Um, And then the drag to the bathroom. You know, they probably did, but I didn't spend enough time looking into that. My, my thought about it is probably that he shot her in the back of, like, because I'm thinking, because what I read, she was murdered, she was killed by a shot to the head, so the beating wasn't necessary, so, and mm-hmm. I feel like if she was shot in the back of the head, she didn't know he was there. Of course, they hadn't yeah, seen yeah. each other in five years, yeah. so she wouldn't expect him to be creeping around the house. That's true. So I think maybe this goes along with your psychopath thing. He was taking out a lot of rage and frustration mm-hmm. on her post-mortem, you know? That's true. Just kind of beating the shit out of her. And he probably just, like, dragged her to the bathroom. And maybe she knocked her head on a few things. Like, it was badly beaten, yeah. but not as badly beaten as his father, who... Which is weird. Yeah. Because you, you hear about more of his interaction with his mother... But maybe he took pity on her because of the interaction that they had. You know, as fucked up as that sounds, there was some sort of sentimental. At least I had contact with you growing up, right? You know, absolutely. At least there was something. Yeah, and he may have just been an alcoholic prick his whole life and just whatever. Maybe it's so unfortunate. And I also like I I thought I had a tiny theory, but I think if this theory had any like validation, Hugh and Martha would have figured it out. Like. You know, his dad was a bookie, so mm-hmm. maybe he got involved with nefarious people, and, you know, maybe his yeah. son and yeah. this nefarious person, because his son knew people and was very smart, maybe they... They owed something or yeah. whatever. And so, because you know, they were swindlers, they and Fred and Edwina were swindlers, they were crooks, basically, against Dang. their own son, so there are a lot of theories, but Hugh and Martha spent so much time following so many yeah. paper trails that... If, it's most likely. If they don't concretely solve the murder they definitely tell you exactly where charles went mm-hmm. and what happened to him so i mean honestly it could be a combination of all three things it really could he could you, have you been deciding hey fuck them i'm gonna leave whatever i'm gonna take my money and plan to just fucking disappear and then ca- i mean casually i say casually but maybe perhaps at the same time someone came in and was like you know what you guys owe me money and here it is and mm-hmm. you guys casually die around the same time frame or I don't one of the nefarious people, Charles. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. like, I I just don't see it because of what he did post and prior. Mm-hmm. It just, it's a little fishy. It is. Too fishy. But it's also weird that he quit his job abruptly and then was unemployed after that. I, obviously, he had enough money. He would regularly go look for, you know, gold and silver deposits in the Sierra Madre. He's probably scouting out somewhere to go camp out after probably. he kills them. You yeah. know what I mean? So he he had his fucking shit together. He's... For sure. Yeah, I mean, if he did do this, he's obviously dead by now because when Hugh and Martha um, published their book with, I think it was Red Bud Publishing, something like that, mm-hmm. um, the book was called The Icebox, Icebox Murders, um, and that was in 2003. At that point, he would have been already over 100 years old. So he's definitely like, nobody lives that long. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I mean, I mean going around, but. working in the oil industry, mm-hmm. I feel like there's fumes probably. You know, I don't know. Like, or, I mean, that, yeah, sure, health issues. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, say hypothetically, he's still in Mexico, right? You're 100 years old. You probably have made friends. Maybe someone's taking care of you. Maybe you have a nurse that lives with you to take care of you because of health reasons. Someone knows who you are. Mm-hmm. 
whether you slipped up or someone digged because of the internet or mm-hmm. whatever, something someone knows something unless right. you he died. You know, and I in think the Honduras thing. He might have died because um, the body that was, you know, they were able to identify that this guy was an American. Yeah, and he yeah. was working as a welder. Um, so, you know, that goes with his... I wonder if they did any state. DNA stuff. Well, um, or is it a Mexico, was, it was, USA Yeah, thing. I was in Honduras, and that's kind He's of a... He's an American citizen. Poor... Oh, he was Oh, I was thinking... I thought, thought it was Mexico. It's Honduras. No, but it was Honduras, but yeah, he was in Mexico and then okay. Honduras. But, um, you know, he was... The body was so badly, like, it was just kind of left out in the sun. It was unidentifiable, blah, blah, blah. So, basically, I mean... This they just probably didn't give a shit. My God. Well, the conspiracy series, I have I theories know. I have to stop. Because I I'm like, know. oh, yeah, Jen Mackey was really the guy that oh, really we killed him. Because he did it. Especially because this is all just, <coughs> like... I, I mean, I listened to, again, the podcast Criminal that Feedy <coughs> something last name does. I listened to it for 20 minutes because that's about how long the episode was. And I was furiously writing notes. And before that, I had done my own notes. Um, I looked at wunc.org. Um, there is a Google news document. Oh, wow. It's like document. a real newspaper. Oh, yeah. This is like a news document from um, 1965 that I clicked on off of Wikipedia because I wanted to see exactly what it said. Um, and it basically is talking about how you know the crime happened um this guy charles rogers is the only suspect he's still at large blah 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 um i obviously looked at wikipedia and then um there have been a couple of cron yeah houston chronicle articles especially well it's (laughs) cron.com there have been a few of those i'm just talking about this because like i said it was the most notorious and grisly houston murder Mm -hmm. um before fucking Dick ass Dean Coral, yeah. Dick ass, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So those were those are my sources, and then we have a picture of Fred and Edwina that we might put up on the Instagram. Yes, we will because you look at them. And you gotta see these lovey, the, the gem of all gem parents. It's like your fucking grandparents, like really, mom, mom, and pop, pop. You just fucking give a hug. Like I don't know, I see it, I see it, I see. Mm, more so her than him. And that's just yeah. my personal opinion, maybe because I heard the story. Yeah. But she kind of looks like a cunt. No lie. She Sorry. definitely has no smile lines. Very no. tight-lipped. Yeah. Um, he has a little bit of he like a... Rough. And he has kind of like a smirk like, <laughs> no one deserves to be murdered. For sure. Ever. But... There's an exception. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you're a shitty person, it's kind of like, you brought it on yourself. Mm-hmm. But... Then you look at their pictures and you're like, oh, grandma, grandpa, no, no, no. So we've gone a minute or two over what we probably should. We don't have we don't have a Steven. Um, nope. We don't have anyone professional that we're paying. Nope. So it's just us. It's all Hannah because Cassie has no idea what she's doing. Trust me, she's gonna get some responsibilities. Don't worry. Oh, I, I want them. Okay. I, I just need to be taught. Ooh. Also, I mean, I was speaking into the side of the microphone for half of this, which is <laughs> we'll why it's muffled. That's because I'm a moron, so... Like I said, amateur hour. <laughs> amateur hour. Um, I hope you guys... En- <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This was, what, episode four? Mm-hmm. We'll be posting pictures of the Rogers family slash Derek Jackson slash whomever we can find photos of yeah. on Instagram. 
uh, Texas 1031 podcasts. Remember, no spaces, no dashes, no capitalizations, all spelled out. Email us at the same address if you have any interesting Texas murders. We don't just do Southern murders. It's specifically Texas, please. Uh, yeah, if you have anything interesting, send it to us. That would be cool. Um, there's a lot, but we would like some cool ones, not just randos. Yeah. Um, next week... Do you have a murder for next week? You want to kind of let us know about? You know what? No. No. Um, I will tell you what piques my interest is multiple. Like this one I kind of stumbled into and I thought it was really cool because of the true crime badasses. Mm -hmm. Um, But what piques my interest is multiple murders and kind of serial killers. So Mm -hmm. that's probably what I'll be tackling first. Okay. All over the state. Doesn't fucking matter. Definitely going to pick someone with multiple murders and... What do you not to try and like keep this going, but just real quick, mm-hmm. what do you do you like a one and done? Do you like a serial? Do you like a just a couple? Do you like a unsolved? What's your shtick, I guess? My shtick is definitely serial. I like serial because mm-hmm. um, I like getting into the mind of the murderer, the the <laughs> chronology and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing I like is when they have a specific MO. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if it's only one or two or just barely a serial killer at three, mm-hmm. like if they're murdering women with short brown hair or yeah. if they're murdering, like I don't really want to delve into um, racially charged or um, I guess like homophobic person being a fucking dickhead. Like I don't want to delve into that first. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like senseless act so what is your favorite type of um it my favorite is my least favorite yeah so it's the unsolved for sure i like no i hate cold cases but i love them because that's Mm -hmm. the one i can theorize about the most that's the one i can get more kind of in my own head about Mm -hmm. which kind of isn't good because then i'm like well fuck i really don't know what happened as much as i love to know okay this person died this person did it they went to trial blah blah blah, so on and so forth uh i do like an unsolved i just uh it's more interesting to me i guess it's good for it's better for podcasting because i guess so yeah i mean if you like i'll probably end up picking a lot that were soft and they have Mm -hmm. you know concrete whatever and i'll start theorizing the killer's fucking psyche and mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm absolutely unqualified to do that. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely <laughs> I, I am least likely to pick an unsolved, but they are so interesting yeah. because you can theorize, and I do like that about mm-hmm. what you've done with the first three episodes. So, I so really appreciate that type of oh, well, reporting. This is kind of cool because tomorrow is ten ten. So, if I can launch this episode, it's kind of like a rebirth. Of the podcast, I guess. Yeah, that'd be on cool. Ten, ten. You know what I mean? Like, I kind like, of like a, That's just me being annoying. Ten, <laughs> yeah. Um, not that anyone's listening, but happy, happy Halloween. Halloween.